Well, good morning, Journey Church. Woo, robust crowd this morning. This is good, man. Thank you. I like it. I like it. Thank you so much. Are you guys glad to be here today? I'm telling you. Listen, it is the last Sunday of 2019. Can you believe it? I mean, we, we blinked and it was gone. We, we took a breath and it was, or maybe it's just me because I'm getting older. But it's like the month of December just flew by and everything else has happened. It's been a whirlwind of a year. Maybe for me, maybe for you it's been a little bit different. Maybe for you it's been a little bit of a challenge. But, man, I'm honored to be able to share with you guys today. And, and, and looking at a new year, and I get tons of inspiration from so many things. And as I was looking forward to sharing today, I had a little song come to mind. Is it okay if I sing it for you? I don't like to sing. And I'm, I'm really nervous because I think I'm going to try out for America's Got Talent very soon. And so you will help me decide if this is something I should do. But if you know the song, you can sing along with me, okay? So it goes something like this. First I was afraid I was... That's not the right song, I'm sorry. No, actually it goes like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. You know this. I'm already nervous. This is crazy. (laughs) I don't sing acapella. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to. You're good. And as the Savior passed him by, he looked up in the, and he said, for I'm going to, yep, yep, okay, so you guys did great. Thank you so much. That really keeps me from a lot more embarrassment to my family and my career. So obviously not American Idol or America's Got Talent Worthy. But yeah, this is a this is a song, and man, this is what we learned as children. Some of us learned as children, uh, attending Sunday school or attending a church that would teach these things to us. We heard this song, and it really helped us, number one, learn how to pronounce a name that's about this long in the Bible. Because um, you could say all kind of things about this guy's name, and you would go, Zach, okay, we call him Zach. In my notes, I just wrote Zach, it's easier to say. But we see this guy, and we understand that he is someone of small stature who we see as a wee little man. So in my mind, when I was <laughs> this tall and this round, um, I was a roly-poly as a kid. And so I, I assumed that Zacchaeus was about this tall, kind of like a yard gnome. <laughs> and he had a long beard and a pointy hat, and <laughs> he would just climb up a tree and kind of shimmied up the branch. And for somehow, he looked like a possum hanging down, and Jesus was like... That's weird. And so he just calls the guy's name. But honestly, that's not it at all, right? When we look at Scripture and we really see what's defined there, we don't see that that's the depiction. And the more we study and the more we look in, this is really not who Zacchaeus is. I think he's a really misunderstood guy because he's got a really weird name. It's just long and no one wanted to say it. I was looking in, into a couple of things and looking at some, some names. And, you know, names are important, but names have meaning. If you were to look in the Bible and you were to see the name Abraham, you would know that the name Abraham means father of many. And he was really old and he kept, God just promised him, you'll be the father of many nations, many nations. And we see now looking back, it was true. Lots of things happened. So the name Abraham has a deep, important meaning. His son Isaac, his name means he laughs. I think it was more about God going, you're really old. You're going to have a kid. (laughs) Joke's on you. Go play football with your kid when you're 150. I mean, it's tough. It's hard. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) To the 150-year-old that laughed at that because he's played football with his kid. Names, they, they, they mean so much. Jesus means the Lord is my salvation. And if we're not excited about that name that we just celebrated this past week of his birth, I mean, that's, that's it. The Lord is our salvation. That's what, who Jesus became to us. To serve and save, to seek and save those who are lost is what Jesus is. I have a name. It's Brandon. 
when I was in my mom's belly, the, the doctor kept telling, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. And they decided the name would be Camille. And when you're from Mississippi, a massive hurricane named Camille destroyed the entire state. That's a fun name to be named. But lo and behold, it's a boy. And my mom went, oops. And my dad was like, what are we going to do with this yellow dress? So for two days, I had no name. I laid in a hospital bed like they wouldn't even leave because it's like, we don't know what we're going to call him. And my mom knew one family name that she would give me. But my aunt, wonderful woman she is, her name is Glenda. She came into the room and she was like, I have the perfect name, Brandon. And they were like, ooh, I like that. There's not a lot of Brandons in the 70s. (laughs) You're seeing that, aren't you? My aunt says, oh, yeah, I'm reading a romance novel, and the horse thief is named Brandon. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I'm named Brandon after a horse thief from the 70s romance novel. You're welcome. Yes, yes. Hey, you know, there's some stories you go, got to be made up. Nope. Truth. That's how much my family loved me. They went, we have no clue. That'll work. Everybody else has family names, biblical names. It's amazing. Me, mm -mm, horse thief. I mean, the elders are right now going, did we make the right decision? <laughs> but our names are important. We, we want people to know our names. Zacchaeus' name, get this, means righteous one. And when we look in the Bible, we see a man who was not living a righteous life, right? We see a guy that was a tax collector. And all the people that work for the IRS said, amen. <laughs> no. This is someone, even till today, when we think tax collector, we're like, I don't like that guy. Because Zacchaeus was not living up to his namesake. He was not pressing into what his name truly means. I'm sure when people saw him coming, it wasn't like, oh, yay, the tax collector's coming. They were like, here comes that dude coming to take our money. Here comes that low life. Here comes that wee little man. You know, they were thinking all negative things about him. But how many of us think negative about our name? How many of us, when we, when we share our name with someone, hello, my name is, we, we, sh- we shy away. I mean, we, we proudly want people to know our names, right? We have these little tags when we, we go places, we want folks to know us, and we proudly and largely print our name on these things. And we want everyone to know who we are. But here's the thing I want us to understand. We're more than a name. We are more than a name. Our name is so important, but we are more than just a name. And if we, as today, as we look at the life of Zacchaeus, we're going to see a man who was not living up to his namesake, not even close to it. But Jesus had a purpose for his life. And I want you guys and girls to understand, Jesus has a great purpose for your life as well. So if you would, let's turn in Scripture to Luke 19. It's on the front of your handout. If you don't have a Bible with you, it will be on the screens as well. But I want us to read this together. I want us to see truly what was, what was happening in this man's life, but also I want us to see some amazing things about Jesus. So read with me. Luke 19, verse 1 through 10. And Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. 
Zacchaeus, he said, quickly come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. And he has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. And meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will pay them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Here's the first thing I want us to see, guys and gals. Jesus sees Zacchaeus. But he sees Zacchaeus before Zacchaeus wanted to be seen. And we pick up in Luke 19 and we get like the full, here's what happened. It's almost like the night, the, you know, the 10 o'clock news. Live from Jericho. Your little man runs and climbs a tree and hangs down like a possum. Jesus sees him, goes to his home. Town people not happy. Great despair in the city of Jericho. But if we were to look back in Luke 18, we will see that Jesus' plan from the beginning, as he's walking with his men, as he's walking with those that he would teach and lead and pour his life into for three years, he is seeing Zacchaeus the whole time before he gets into Jericho. I won't take time and read all of chapter 18, but I want us to look at a couple of places to see this. To see that he saw him before. In chapter 18 and in verse 9, this is the parable of the Pharisees and the tax collector. And Jesus begins just telling the story about a lawkeeper and someone that, that the community would not think much of, a tax collector. In verse 11, it says, the, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful on me, for I'm a sinner. If we look in, in verse 15, this Jesus talks about the children, right? People were bringing their children to come and see Jesus and hear Jesus' teaching. And there begins to be, oh, no, no, y'all back up. You're, you're, you're not old enough to hear this. You're not old enough to be around this. You're not old enough to, to be around Jesus right now. And Jesus himself calls to them he said to the disciples let the children come to me don't stop them for the kingdom of god belongs to those who are like these children i tell you the truth anyone who does not receive the kingdom of god like a child will never enter it he sees the childish side so he's seen the tax collector he has seen the childish side of zacchaeus and then he talks about the rich man in, in verse 18 and the rich man says, to you, I love this. I'm telling you, I love this. Oh, man, this text is so good. He says, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus starts telling him, you must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. And the rich young guy interrupts Jesus. It's like he's like, whoa. He goes, I've done all that. He says, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And I love Jesus' response because you've got to look. Like, at the, again, the full thing here. It's not just like reading it. He just, I just love what he says. There's still one thing you've not, you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. You know what the rich young guy does? He walks away. He leaves. I'm not doing that. Nope, not giving up my money. I've kept the laws. That one's not really in there. You made that one up, Jesus. 
He's calling him out. So he's seen the tax collector. He has seen the childlike faith of, of Zacchaeus. He has seen the rich side of Zacchaeus. And then he predicts his death. Jesus himself predicts his death to the disciples. As they are going, getting closer into Jericho, he begins to tell them about this about this thing's going to happen. He says, verse 33, they will flog him, whip him, kill him, but on the third day he will rise again. But the disciples, they didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words were hidden from them, and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. Jesus sees Zacchaeus before Zacchaeus ever knew he wanted to be seen. For Zacchaeus, it was like Jesus is coming. And maybe some of his tax collector friends had told him. Maybe just the, the rumors in the town had been swirling that this man was coming into going to walk through this town. And he was going to heal and he was going to teach and he was going to love and he was going to do all the things that other rabbis didn't do. And he wanted to be a part of it. He wanted to see him. But I think that, G, that Zacchaeus wanted Jesus to see him as well. If all he wanted to do was get a glimpse of Jesus, he could have just run and climbed up somebody's shoulders, right? Like, hey man, I know you owe me money and taxes, but can I just climb up on your shoulders for a few minutes? I'm just a tiny little gnome. I mean, no, he, he, was, he couldn't do it. And he becomes like a child and runs through the city streets is what the Word of God tells us. And he climbs up in a tree. He becomes like a child. And I promise you, even in our culture, when grown men act like children, we don't like it. We want men to act like men. In a biblical culture, they didn't want the same thing. I've been in other countries. I took a mission trip to Africa, and it's hot where I was. I was in Uganda. It was very, very hot. But my missionary friend said, hey, you don't need to take shorts when we go out into the town, into the villages. When we go and we're, we're seen, don't wear shorts. And I'm like, Stephen, that's crazy. It's 180 degrees here. Like, stuff doesn't grow. It's just dirt. He says, Brandon, I'm telling you, if you go into a village, you wear shorts, Children wear shorts, they will treat you like a child. So we reflect our culture so that people will treat us the way that we need to be treated because we act that way. And Zacchaeus did not do that. Zacchaeus acted like a child. He ran down the city streets. He couldn't see over people. And he wanted to see Jesus so bad. He just couldn't wait to get a glimpse of him. But in that, he wanted... Jesus to see him as well. So we see that in number one, Jesus sees Zacchaeus before Zacchaeus wanted to be seen. And I want you guys to know as well, he sees you before you before you want to be seen. Jesus sees you. He has seen everything about you. If we believe anything in Scripture when it says He you have been fearfully and wonderfully created, He knew you before you were even existing. He sees you. I don't know if that's encouragement to you today or not. I hope it is. I hope that today as we walk in for the last Sunday in 2019, we realize that Jesus sees us. Point two. Not only did Jesus see Zacchaeus before he wanted to be seen, but two, Jesus didn't just see Zacchaeus, Jesus knew him. Look in the last part. Verse 5 says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called to him. Zacchaeus. He called his name. Now, it's interesting right here. There's different views on this. Like, did Jesus just know him? Did he play the whole God card? Like, I know everybody. Was he walking around? Did he stop for a moment and go, who's the tiny guy up a tree? 
And there's oh, Zacchaeus, the little gnome, climbing the tree. Dead rumor already spread as he's coming in, like, hey, G- Jesus, be careful of Zacchaeus, chief tax collector. He's going to pull anything he can from you. The man just robs everybody. I mean, what was the deal? We don't know. I just believe he knew him. I just believe that Jesus knew who he was. He had no problem calling the disciples by name. He had no problem talking to a woman at the well. I mean, he has no problem just meeting people and knowing who they are, looking to the depths of their soul because he is fully man, but he's fully God. Tons of capabilities that we can't even fathom. But this is what I know. Based on Scripture, he knew him. He looked up in the tree and he called his name with an exclamation. That's to say, son... Child, come down. He didn't just know him, but I mean, he really knew him. Because he even says, I'm going, I want to go to your house. When we see people, when we call them by name, do we know them? When we see people, do, do we eagerly jump at the opportunity to go into their homes? I often think about the ones that I want to know about, the people that I want to hang out with. I'm not sure that anybody else wanted to hang out with this guy. According to Scripture, nobody really even liked him. But Jesus says, I'm going to your home today. I must be a guest in your home today. See, vision is important. Vision is important to us. Whether it's with our physical eyes or it's where we know where we're going, vision is important to us. Vision is important to Jesus as well. And I don't want us to miss one last thing, because again, he sees him and he knew him. But one last thing happens in in Luke 18 before Jesus actually walks into Jericho. He's predicted his death. He said, I'm going to bankrupt myself for you men. But they didn't understand it. Remember that? But the last thing Jesus does in chapter 18 before going into Jericho, there's a blind man standing outside the city. And he had been begging for years for vision. And Jesus heals him of that. He gives him his vision. He just says, I want to see. All right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you, is what Jesus says in Luke 18, verse 42. And instantly the man could see. He followed Jesus, praising God, and all who saw it praised God too. The man who's begging for sight, what people can see, he's definitely in need of. Jesus gives him, and everyone is excited about it. But the man who had sight but wanted to be seen, the people grumbled over They wanted nothing to do with it. Looking back in verse 19. I mean, chapter 19, verse 7. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. They got mad when they saw where Jesus was going. They're praising him when he gives sight to the man, the begging. But the one who wanted to be seen, they could care less for. He has everything, right? He's totally rich. He's got everything. He's robbed me of my money. He's taken from me. He's robbed me of the opportunities I've had. He's taken my opportunity to go on vacation. He's taken my opportunity to, to buy a new 72-inch flat-screen TV or, or whatever the possession was that they wanted or things that they felt like they needed. This guy had robbed from them. But again, it's all about Jesus and it's all about his plan. As he sees us and he knows us and he knows what we need and he knows how to reach to us. didn't just see him he knew him and i do i believe with all my heart zacchaeus wanted to be seen and he wanted to be known by jesus why else in the world would a man act that way why else in the world would a man run to a tree 
and climb it. He could have done any a multitude of different things to just get a glimpse at Jesus, but it wasn't about just seeing Jesus. Jesus, I need you to see me. My name means righteous one. My name has great meaning, and I'm not living up to that. I have all this pressure on me to live up to my namesake, and I can't because I'm a tax collector, and people hate me. And you know what, Jesus? I probably hate myself too. The life that I've ended up living, the things that I've ended up doing, I'm not proud of those things, but I just want you to see me. Man, I can think back into my own life and in my own salvation. I just wanted Jesus to see me. But it wasn't enough for him to see me. I needed him to know me. And I needed to know him. And that pivotal point of salvation when you truly say, Jesus, I need you to forgive me of everything I've done. I need you to save my life. I'm probably not too far from much like Zacchaeus. I'm probably not much like from a guy who had lied to people, had robbed people, had lived a life that people probably didn't want anything to do with, but I hid it. We're probably very similar in that as well as we listen together. There's things we've done we're not proud of. There's things that we think we can hide from Jesus. There's things that we, there's things that we feel like we've hidden from other people and we haven't, and they know this. Man, it's difficult. But isn't it great to know that by the grace of God and the salvation of Jesus, he does not count us out because of our sin. He does not look at us and go, sorry, tax collector, you're out. Sorry, liar, you're gone. Sorry, uh, this. Sorry, you're a thief on a cross and I have nothing for you today. He's No, Jesus has it for everyone. And he leans into that. He leans in and says, hey, it's for everyone. Continue on with me in in verse 9. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Why? Why would he be a true son of Abraham? Here's why. Because the law required that if you were to rob someone, you were to pay that back plus a small percentage. If you had done some other things, that plus another percentage. Go a little bit farther. But Zacchaeus bankrupts himself in front of Jesus in his own home. I will give half my wealth to the poor, the ones he couldn't take anything from. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Zacchaeus says, by the requirement of the law, I'm going to go even farther. And Jesus is like, you get it. You get it. Remember the rich young ruler? Just go sell it and give it away. I can't do that. Zacchaeus says, what I even don't have, I will give. Four times as much. I'll give it away. I'll find a way to, I'll have to go dig ditches. I'll have to go figure something out. Jesus, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to give this away because I don't need it. Because what I've received today is better than any possession. Do we live that life? When we think of salvation that's come to us, maybe we don't see ourselves as a chief tax collector and a chief of sinners like that. But man, when we think of salvation in our own life, do we think I'm going to bankrupt myself? I'm going to give, give, give. I'm going to give so I I can't even really give. I'm down to the lint in my pocket. Somebody can use it. I mean, just whatever it is, do we think that way as we press into the gospel, as we press into a life living with Jesus Christ as our Savior, knowing again for him, I'm going to bankrupt myself for all of humanity, whipped, flogged, killed. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And I just begin in my own head to wonder, in Luke 18, if he's not just setting the disciples up, 
Because remember it says they didn't understand. They didn't understand this. The significance of his words were hidden from them. And immediately he heals the man of his vision. And then he lives out everything in front of these men. He lives everything out in front of them. Everything he took an entire chapter to talk about, he lives out in front of them in ten verses with a man that everyone counted out. No one wanted anything to do with Zacchaeus. Lonely. Tons of money. No opportunity to do anything with it. Ridiculed. Outcast. Hated. But because Jesus saw him, And Jesus knew him and gave Zacchaeus the opportunity to be known by Jesus. The man bankrupts himself and says, everything, everything, I don't need any of it. Because what I have today is more precious than anything I've ever had. It not only changed Zacchaeus' world, it changed his entire culture. It changed who he was now. He lives into the name Righteous One, not because of his possessions he gave away, but because now he is clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Did you hear that? When we say yes to Jesus, because he bankrupted himself, we get the name Righteous One because we put on the righteousness of Christ. Therefore, when Jesus looks, when God looks down from heaven, he doesn't just see Brandon, horse thief. That's my righteous one because he is clothed by my son. Oh, church, can we get excited about that? I mean, come on. I know it's raining outside, but it's dry in here. This is salvation we're talking about. This is eternity we're talking about. Two guarantees in life. Eternity in hell, eternity in heaven. Zacchaeus has received his eternity. He received the glory that was brought to him because he trusted in Jesus. Where will you place your trust? Where will you place your faith? Here's a couple next steps for us as we move. Number one, we need to see people the same way Jesus does. Every opportunity we get, we need to have eyes open, right? Last thing he does in chapter 18, he heals the man of his vision. God just wants to see. Jesus says, okay, you want to see? I'll give it to you. See these people? And then he gives him the command, follow me. Follow me. And he did. He followed Jesus and he praised him. So we need to see people. And not this like, I see you. I mean, see them. See when they're in pain. See when they're in need. See when they're not living up to their namesake. See when they're, whatever they're going through, see them. And the second thing is this. We should get to know people like Jesus did. Know their name. Go to their homes. Eat together with them. Pray together with them. Encourage them. And if you want to know the model for doing this, go into Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. There was four things that that church did. And it's right here that we just outlined. They did those four things and that church exploded and multiplied like crazy. So do me a favor. Don't sit at home and go, why is the church not growing? Because if you're not seeing people and you're not knowing people, that's why. Ooh, that hurts. That's like a punch to my own gut. But it's our responsibility. It is our, the commission was given to us to go and to live and to teach, to baptize, to share. That's ours. 
You want the church to grow? And I mean the capital C church. You want to see lives change? Let's, let's just boil it down. You want to see Prattville change? You want to see Millbrook change? You want to see the river region change? Do this. Watch what happens. But not only that, I mean, the culture is going to change. Watch what Jesus does in your life when you see people. And he may ask you to bankrupt yourself. That's not always about money. That's about time, energy, focus. He's given us a great commission. But again, remember, his burden is not heavy. Love God. Love others. Make disciples. It's what he's living out right here in front of us. And the last thing is this, never count anyone out. I want to be very clear about this. We don't count people out. We do not stand from a position of victory to say, I got it, you can't. Jesus loves me, he doesn't love you. I will stand on the authority of Scripture right now in this passage in chapter nine, and uh, I mean chapter nineteen, verses nine and ten. Salvation's come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Why? For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you are the lost one. And the good news is, Jesus doesn't want you to stay that way. You can receive salvation. He sees you. He knows you. Do you know him? That is the separation. Do you know Jesus? It's not about the pedestal we place ourselves on and I'm better than this. No. It's about looking truly at yourself. At you. The circle is drawn around you. And again, it's about eternity. The guarantee eternity. One of two places. Completely separated from the presence, the love, the grace of God is, is hell. And it's a horrible place. Described multiple times in scripture. Torment. Sulfur, burning, I mean, it's bad. As much as those three letters in that word bad can represent, it is not a place I would want to be. But oh, by the grace, the love, the plan of God to send his son to offer salvation to all those who believe because Jesus bankrupted himself, emptied his body of everything, Laid lifeless, no pulse, no blood, no brain activity in a tomb for three days. But oh, the third day. Oh, the third day. When the Father said, come out. And all of heaven, I mean all of hell was conquered. With the keys in his hand, he walked out of that grave. And said, I've conquered it. You can't. Don't worry. I got it. Trust. Believe. So where do you see yourself? Again, our names. I mean, they're important. And we want people to know them. I think as the older I get the more I want people just to see Jesus. It's like I just don't want them to see this anymore. And the name child of God begins to bring more of a smile to my face. I want you to bow your heads for me.
Man, we've had a, just an incredible week. From Sunday, Christmas Eve service on Monday, Christmas Eve service on, services on Tuesday. Man, we have seen so many salvations in this room. And Jesus has been doing an amazing work in the life of Journey Church. It's just been happening. And for maybe you that have were raising your hand this last week and asking questions and asking for Jesus to save you and, and experience salvation in your own lives. Jesus sees you. And Jesus knows you. When you say yes to him, he knows you. And you know him. He won't withhold anything from you. I'm just curious today, maybe if there's someone in this room and you feel a little bit like Zacchaeus. You say, man, I, I just want to see him. I just want him to see me. Is anyone in this room with you, if you just with all the boldness could raise your hand and say, I just want Jesus to see me. You may feel separated from him. You may feel that you've done something that, that he's turned his back on you. Maybe today you realize, man, I, I am Zacchaeus. I have nothing, I have nothing in me. And I want salvation. I want Jesus to see me, to know me, and to, to save me. If that's you, you can raise your hand this morning and just share. Know that salvation is there. It's a free gift. For you that have risen, raised your hand either this past weekend, through the week, and even today, Jesus sees you, he knows you. And not only does he see you and know you, he wants you to take the next step in your faith. Go through, go through the waters of baptism. Zacchaeus didn't receive salvation and stay, public, stay private with it, stay in his house and lock himself away. No, he followed Jesus. He shared, he talked. He was so excited. And my prayer for you is today that you are done the same thing. Live the faith out. Walk in freedom. And know again, he see, God sees you when you receive his son and salvation as the righteous one. Because you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Father, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for the privilege to look into your word, to share your word today. God, thank you for this short testimony of a short man who by your love and by your grace, Jesus, changed his life forever. Jesus, I thank you that those times when we want to be seen and we want to be known by you, you see us. Jesus, you see us so clearly. I pray that we would never take it that for granted. That it truly would continue to change our lives. I thank you that you've given us vision to see others. And God, I pray today that we would truly, today, right now, as we begin to get ready to leave this room, 
that we would see people the way you see people. God, give us your eyes. Give us your heart to continue to share the gift of salvation with others. We pray this through your name alone, Jesus. Amen.